Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. We're going to begin at two verses of scripture today. 1 Peter 4 and 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Peter 4, 1 Corinthians 14. Let's start first at 1 Peter 4. But the end, everybody say the end, of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, above all things, that's the connecting principle, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as, somebody say as, as every man hath received the gift, <clears throat> even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace or favor of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The end of all things is at hand. Keep that in your thoughts. Jumping then to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye, Except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known that what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. I want to talk to you today on this thought, when kingdom voices speak, when kingdom voices speak. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We approach this topic today with soberness of thought. We pray to dear Lord that you would help us be guided by the Holy Spirit, guided by your Spirit, <clears throat> and that we rightly divide the word of the Lord, and that we we study it to know what, what is being truly said and not taking any verse out of context, not taking any verse under personal ideology and thought. But Lord, let your word ring to us today clearly as kingdom voices are called to speak. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. amen. Lord, we love you today. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place. God bless you and be seated. I feel the Lord in the house today, and I need his help. I need his help. I need your help in this topic today when kingdom voices speak. The world is full of all kinds of voices today. According to the Language Center at Broward College, there are 7,106 languages in the world. There are 950 languages besides that that are considered on their way out, they are dying. So many voices in the world. Voices proclaim words. Today I preach and I speak using words. It's from my voice. Words. Words are powerful and words are priceless. Words have shaped history. The pen is indeed mightier than the sword. The tongue is mightier than the atom bomb. Words. 
Word-shaped culture. Linguistic scholars consider language as a cultural and social and physiological phenomenon. Language. I know for those that study English, it may seem simple to us because we're raised in this language, but to other people it's one of the most complicated languages because you can have one word that can mean a bunch of different things. Words. Words are simple compilations of letters and syllables and consonants and, and, and vowels and that together begin to form ideas and concepts and meaning. Abraham Lincoln was a very gifted orator and many attribute his speeches to the change of the course of a nation. They can talk about how, how America is a racist nation and we do have our issues. But America, the United States, is the only nation of the world that went to war over the issue of slavery. But it was because there was a man that had a voice and he died for that voice, articulating the cause. Then you have those like Hitler who was evidently a gifted orator who manipulated Germany and its masses with his oratory and his vocabulary. Words have a voice. Paul said that there are so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them without significance, a place, importance, relevance. Many voices. There are over 5 million podcasts in the world today. There's a vast amount of streaming services that offer a wide range of content and channels and opportunity for people to view anything they want to view. Facebook has 3 billion users. 3 billion users are on Facebook. Instagram has 1.3 billion users. Twitter has a mere 400 million global people who use that service. There are 120 major news agencies in the world. There are over 15,000 radio stations in the United States alone. There are 33,000 broadcast TV stations in the world. YouTube has 51 million channels. All of these represent voices. So many voices vying for your attention and mine. So many voices trying to be influencers and impactors and changers and, and getting a buck and getting their word out. And there is a never-ending flood of, wor of words and opinions that is it's like the, the, the waters of Niagara as they're falling over the edge and pouring out that great, great noise. How did our culture become so broken? Voices. Been going on for a long time. Voices. How did the meaning of marriage become so convoluted? Voices. Voices. How did our world become confused over gender identity? Voices. Voices of confusion abound. Voices of confusion are, are everywhere. What this world needs is voices of clarity, voices of truth. Amen. We find that in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, Peter wrote and said, We have not followed cunningly devised fables. We're not just listening to any and every voice. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God <clears throat> the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excelling, excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, somebody say this voice, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount and, were, and have also a more sure word 
or voice of prophecy, whereunto you do well to take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star shall arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no voice, no prophecy of the Scripture is of private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The voice that came through people. God uses people by influencing them and empowering them and anointing them to speak the word of God. It is the voice of the prophet that changed Israel's course. It is the voice of, of the priest that, that helped form their lifestyle. So in the church today, it is the voice that God wants to use, the voice of men and women that God wants to use to bring a message of clarity, of hope, and of truth to a world that is in chaos. We need kingdom voices to speak in this day. Paul wrote and said, for if the trumpet <clears throat> give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? For so likewise, except ye utter the tongue, uh, by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. I know Paul is primarily talking about the disclosing and the proper order of speaking in tongues. But Paul is also saying that there needs to be a clarity in this hour of a voice. The voices of the kingdom must be clear and present a certain sound. Truth must be trumpeted in 2023. The voices of truth must trumpet God's word. Amen. Because it will be the truth that triumphs over chaos. It is the truth that triumphs over confusion. It is the truth that will triumph over perversion. It is the truth that will triumph over sin. Truth is the most powerful weapon that the church has against the kingdom of darkness. Truth. Otherwise, he wouldn't attack it so harsh. This generation, this present generation, from the young to the old, is starving for kingdom voices to speak clarity and in love. There is no time for convoluted messages. This is not an age of maybe messages. This is not an age where the pulpits should be preaching motivational messages alone. This is not a time that those that have a voice in the pew are to just simply spout ideas, but to preach and declare the truth of God's word. We need kingdom voices to speak in this hour. Paul said, or rather Peter said in our text, but the end of all things is at hand. How many of you seriously believe we're living in the last days? Seriously, living in the last days. He said the end of all things is at hand, but be sober and watch unto prayer. Here's how we're to live in this generation that is the last day generation. We should be living this message out loud. Amen. The end of all things is at hand. We must be sober. Drunks don't think clearly. Sober people do. We need to be thinking clearly. Kingdom voices need to sound with a sound mind. We need to speak with a sound message, a clear, a clear message. Kingdom voices then must be sober, exercising self-control as they speak a more sure word of prophecy. The end is near. Watch under prayer. Be sober and watch under prayer. The end is near. Restrain yourself. Calm yourself. Collect yourself. Amen. Get yourself in order before you jump into something in this world. We need to have a clear head. We need to have a sound head. We need to do the... Take a breath. And let's just be still and know that the Lord is God. Be cautious. Be vigilant. But don't get out of your head. 
Don't let all this world and its voices begin to just sound like some kind of... Uh, uh, have you ever been in a, a room that there was just absolutely no noise deadening and there's, there's like 30 people crammed in a room that should have 10 and everybody's talking? And don't you want to just say, shut up and let me out! Just, just, just let me out. I just want to, I need a little bit of silence. I need a little quiet. Well, this world is like that. There's so many noises and so many voices that we need to step back and watch. Calm. Be still. And know, and then what do we do in that calmness? Pray. Find your place of calmness. Turn the phone off. Turn the TV off. Stop reading that book. Stop watching that, 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 that show. Put aside the magazine and say, Whew. I was talking with a, a minister yesterday about how that, uh, the pandemic shaped our opinion of news. And I must readily admit, I quit watching news and rarely do I pick it up anymore. Why? Because I just got tired of the confusing noise of what, is this true? Is that not true? And it swirled around my head and the enemy is using that swirling voices from hell to begin to try to bring confusion to where we're going to either, we're going to bust or bury our head in the sand. Watch and pray have divine communication while you're watching. It is a statement over and over in Scripture. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Be vigilant and pray. Be watchful and pray. Collect your spirit. Calm your spirit and pray. The end is near. Amen. Then he said that we also ought to have fervent charity among ourselves. Charity is not above Prayer. Charity is not saying that charity is above being sober. But what he was saying is that charity is the salve that goes along with your watching. Charity is the salve that goes along with your being sober. Charity is the prevailing attitude, amen, that we must have in this hour. Love is the prevailing attitude. Because it's the last days. He said the end is near. Then in verse 10, he said, as every man hath received the gift. Somebody say the gift. So minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Listen to this. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister or serve, let him do it with the ability which God giveth. When he says man there, that is not just localized to a man individually or just to the male side of the gender. <clears throat> but he's talking about if you have a gift, in the last days there's going to be two prominent ways that gifts are going to operate. One is speaking and the other is serving. One is speaking and the other is serving. There'll be a time perhaps to talk about the serving gifts of the last days. But what we need in the last days is also the speaking gifts. If any man, if any man is going to speak a word, let him do it as an oracle of God. This is the time that we need to have the discernment to say, shut up about this and speak this. Because this is the word of God. This is the truth of God, covered with love, baptized in love, but it's the word of God. Speak it as the oracle of God. God gives gifts to his people, to his church, so that we can advance the kingdom. We don't get gifts to get fame, notoriety, to become popular, or to line our wallets, but we have the gifts that God has given to us so that we can advance his kingdom. There are those in this building today that have serving gifts. There are those in this building today that have speaking gifts. There are those today that perhaps has a, a, a gifts on both sides. My challenge and my call for this message and beyond, because I'm not going to finish this today, but, 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 but for this message is that we need the kingdom speakers to rise up in this hour. <clears throat> we need moms that are telling their children the oracle of God. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Mama, when you sit down with that child and you are teaching that child Deuteronomy 6 and 4, you're not teaching them your idea. 
You're not teaching them a principle of this church. You are teaching them the word of the Lord. Do it as unto the Lord. When you tell them, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. When you give to them the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not worship any other God. And you're not to take his name in vain. You're not not, not to make any idol. When you begin to tell your children this, stand firm. Say it clearly. Baptize it in love, yes. But don't, 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 don't let it be that this is some kind of suggestion that you can have an option in your life. But tell them the word of the Lord and speak, dear mother, as the oracle of God. Fathers, when you stand before your family as the priest of your home, then speak it with clarity. But speak as the oracle of God and what God has given to you. Don't shut your mouth, but let your mouth speak as unto the Lord. It is more important that your child, your son, know about the God of glory than just about how to fish and how to hunt and how to carpenter and how to farm or how to do this. They need to know this is the word of the Lord. This is the way of the Lord. What you hear in the other voices of this world comes from the pit of hell. Ignore it. Amen. Calm yourself from it and realize the voice of the kingdom has got to speak. Speak. We find that the Lord has given to us the gifts. The word oracle, if if you have the gift of speaking or the responsibility of speaking, you're to speak it as the oracle of God. An oracle is a message that is stated or declared by a particular person, especially a divine message, that are gathered together to form a collection. The oracle is not just one part. It is the multiples of the Word of God that you speak unto your family, unto your, 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 your spouse. You speak it as indeed it is. This is the Word of God. Thus saith the Lord. It's got to be a part of our vocabulary. This is what God says. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's a desperate need for kingdom voices in these last days. Voices that don't just speak church lingo and religious jargon, but voices that speak as the oracle of God. Hallelujah. Voices that represent the kingdom well. Not just a voice of a denomination. Not just a voice of a a theological understanding. But a voice that says I'm here to advance God's kingdom. I'm here to glorify the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. I'm here with this voice to represent the King of glory. Let me talk to you a little bit about some kingdom voice gifts, gifts that are given to be a voice in the kingdom. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office or purpose, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing, According to the grace, everybody say favor. According to the favor that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Our ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. I want to talk to you about the voice gifts that are found in this passive scripture. The Greek word for prophecy means one who is speaking forth the mind and counsel of God. It is the ability to deliver representative declarations on the will, the mind, and knowledge of God. It is an inspirational utterance. This gift does not just necessarily predict the future, but it foretells with unction God's will and plan. Prophecy, we often hear the word prophecy and we think of somebody saying, this is going to happen to you, that's going to happen, your lug nut is loose and you need to go tighten it, 
You, you, you know, you'd need to go to the doctor for this or you need that and tell you your, your address and street number and all that kind of stuff. But I want to tell you, prophecy is so much broader than just simply saying something of a prophetic nature. It is about the ministry of Christ. It is about the testimony of Christ. It is about proclaiming the word of God. It is about delivering a message about the will and the mind of God. Everybody say the gift of prophecy. We need a kingdom voice of the gift of prophecy speaking in this hour. Amen. Notice the, the line here, though, that Paul writes, having then gifts differing according to the favor or the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Let me say that while there is a gift of prophecy, that is for both men and women. I'm going to get to this a little bit later, but this gift of prophecy is not the same as the gift of a prophet that is in Ephesians chapter 4. No, this is a gift of speaking that God has given. I want to say to you from the very outset that there has been a lot of ladies in the kingdom of God that have silenced their voice because they don't know what God has put in their heart. And on the other hand, there are those that felt a call and they decided that they're supposed to be some kind of preacher. Before we get done this Sunday and next Sunday, I'm going to show you in the word of God what it means for a woman to serve with a speaking voice and whether women can be called to preach or not called to preach. Y'all going to ride with me? We won't get to that this Sunday, but we're going to get to it next Sunday. I'm laying the foundation. My family's laughing over there. But listen to this. Proportion here in the sense of this word in the Greek is the relationship between things. It is with respect to their comparative quality, magnitude, or degree. This word proportion is a mathematical term, meaning having right relationship. That this side is equal to that side is proportion. You have this proportion and that proportion. It is a mathematical term. Amen. This is also a warning that those that have the gift of speaking... Do not exceed their proportion. Know your lane. Don't try to operate outside of the lane that God has gifted you. This is where we've gotten trouble. I feel a gift. I got to speak, both men and women. I got to speak, and we think the only thing that we're called called to is to an Ephesians 4, 5-fold ministry. But that's not what he's talking about. He is talking about I can give the gift to whomsoever I will, but I'm going to give it to you in proportion. It's going to be balanced. Don't get out of your lane. Don't get out of balanced. Keep your gift. Know your gift, but don't allow the enemy to shut your mouth. Use your mouth to speak. I'm saying to to primary the ladies of MPC and those that may watch and hear this message that there is a need in a gender-confused world for godly women to lift up their voice and speak as the oracle of God. Don't try to operate outside of your voice, but please don't silence the voice. In Acts chapter 2, it was stated like this in 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Somebody say the end of time. The last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters, your men and your women shall speak, shall prophesy, shall declare the will and the word and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. That is a study all in itself. But I'm here to tell you about the verse before it and the verse after it. And and on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in in those days of my spirit and they shall. Somebody say shall. 
It is the will of God for every man and every woman to be so filled with the Holy Ghost that wherever they live, in whatever capacity that they're working in, whether it be mom, whether it be a grandmother, or whether it be an aunt or a sister or a worker in a job, you are not to be silenced. But you're to speak under the flow of the Holy Spirit. Speak. Kingdom voices need to speak in this generation. I want to go back to the beginning. Because it is in the beginning that there is a mindset and a principle formed. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, somebody say, when kingdom voices speak. And God said, let us make man. This is the word that means species, mankind, all of humanity. In our image and after our likeness and let them. Somebody say them. Humanity. It's not speaking about an individual here. It's speaking about humanity. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man. Everybody say, Adam. This is where God created Adam to do a specific task as a specific man. God created man, Adam, in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. In the beginning, God let man and woman be the representative of his character, his essence. A man without a woman in, in the kingdom mindset. I'm not telling you that everybody's got to get married and everybody's got to be a part of a, of a marriage to make this work. No, I'm talking about understanding how that the Lord represented himself, represented his ways, represented his character and his essence. He said, I am making it male and female and I'm giving them, somebody say them, them dominion. I'm giving them dominion. And over in the New Testament, he said that he would pour out his spirit upon them, sons and daughters. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I know I'm barking up a tree that a lot of people don't want to climb, but I want to tell you today, if we're going to have revival in this hour, we have got to have them speaking. We have got to have both the voices of men and the voices of women speaking. Declaring the word of God in their place, in their lane, under the right authority, under the right submission. I, 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 wish I, I wish I could stay here all day and I'll tell you what the Lord has poured into my spirit. But I'm tired of the silence of women in the kingdom of God that says, Mamas, don't you speak boldly. <clears throat> Grandmas, don't you speak the word of God boldly. You, 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 don't, you don't have a right. Amen. Pastor, what about the scriptures that says, let a woman be silent in the church? I'll get to that after a while. But I want to tell you, there is a call coming from the portals of glory that says, I want them to speak. Them to speak under right order. Them to speak under right authority. Them to speak under right power. Hallelujah, because this world is confused about what a man is and what a woman is. And the best thing that the enemy can get to do is for man to shut up and for women to be silent as well. Help us, Lord. Let them have dominion. In the voice of prophecy, in Romans chapter 12, in that context, both men and women can have that speaking voice. Then he said the gift of teaching. Let them teach. The concept is also stay in your lane. Don't get outside of that, that gifting. One of the worst things that people can do is pull a Moses who got outside of his gifting because he wasn't ready for it and killed the Egyptian. He was zealous, but he wasn't in his lane yet. You're hearing me. Yeah. 
the voice of teaching. The word teaching here is the act of proclaiming and stating clarity of the word of God. Clarity. This is a supernatural ability to do something with God's word that will benefit all. Both men and women have this gift. I realize that some among us have the serving gift. We'll deal with that some other time. You're, you don't have the gift of gab. Now, there's a difference between an anointed gift of gab and a, and a, and a fleshly gift of gab. Two different things. Thank you. The gift of teaching that is here representative is different than the gift of the teacher in Ephesians chapter 4. It is an entirely different gift, but it's a gift that opens up the Word of God. Sister Gill has told me stories about some of our Sunday school teachers that can take a complex theological idea and make it open up to those kids. That's a gift. I don't care what book you get, how much curriculum you read, that is a gift. That's what a teacher does. It takes something that is complex and opens it up. There are some women in this church that need to hear your pastor. There is a voice that you have allowed the enemy to silence you because you feel whatever reason, whatever the, uh, whatever the excuse, I can't do this because of this and because of that. I want to tell you, I want to set you free. Biblically and authoritatively, I want to set you free to begin to declare the word of God in a way that is for you to do so because it's your gift. Hallelujah. It is so important in this last days that we have kingdom voices speaking a kingdom message. It's not about me getting an accolade or you getting an accolade. It's not about somebody patting me on the back and say, here's teacher so-and-so or here's, here's prophet so-and-so. That is a mess in itself. But it's about taking what is complicated in 2023 in the eyes of this world and say, oh God, you're going to give me the words to say because I realize prophecy confronts uh, 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 things that are lies and gives the truth, uh, but teaching clarifies the truth. We need both the gift of prophecy and the gift of teaching in men and women in the pew that can declare the word of God in a mighty way. Somebody say amen. Then he says, there's a gift of exhortation. Exhortation can work both in service gift and in speaking gift. When people think of exhortation, they think of someone who is exhorting bombastically and uh, evangelistically, as we say, uh, with enthusiasm and veracity. The word here actually is translated comfort, console, to entreat, to encourage. We need words of encouragement. We need voices of encouragement. The enemy says, be quiet, but we need to let it come out of our mouth. Let it be something that God has given us to do. Let's do it. Let's do it. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Put up 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 if you would, please. Thank you. You've got to understand something. I'm, I'm, I'm changing gears right now. I'm, I'm, I'm moving over into more of a teaching mode. So if you hear me get calmer, that's just what teaching is. It's, it's, instead of shouting, it's calmer. No, it's not. But 1 Corinthians 11. Anybody know what 1 Corinthians 11 is primarily about? That's the, that's the, the Bible verse about hair for women and men. That's not the context. What Paul is dealing with is authority and how authority looks and how it acts. That's in chapter 11. In chapter 12, he begins with, this is the gifts of the Spirit. He's getting ready to launch into what the gifts of the Spirit are. Chapter 12 is the gifts of the Spirit. Chapter 13, he talks about love. You know what the love chapter is? Anybody quote a verse from the love chapter? Say it loud. Heard it. Love is patient, love is kind. Somebody else. What's a verse from the love chapter? 1 Corinthians 13. Anybody? 
Yeah, I heard you, but I didn't hear you. Long-suffering. Love is long-suffering. Isn't that the verse that first time I heard Bishop say it, it stuck with me, and, and that is Professor Tinkling Symbol and Dr. Sounding Breast. Amen. It, it, it talks about love. Love is the underlying theme. Love is the underlying thought. Love covers a multitude of sins. Why? It's the essence of how the gift is to operate. Isn't that right? Then in chapter 14, Paul begins to tell about how the gifts are to operate in decency and in order. So you have authority, you have gifts, you have love, and you have order. And all of these should be looked in context together, not separately. They ought to be looked in that God is working in his church to present his glory and his kingdom agenda. Now concerning spiritual gifts, what's that word? Brethren. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. How many times have you looked at scripture and you've seen the word brethren and you thought, I guess this is just for the brothers. This is just for the brothers. The Greek word for brethren here, it is literally for those that come from the same womb. Brethren in this Greek word means they are siblings that come from the same womb. It denotes a fellowship of life based on identity. Mr. Zodilates, the Greek scholar, says, the fellowship of life based on identity of origin, members of the same family, tribe, and country. And so when you see that word brethren there, it's not just meant for men. It was meant for the body of Christ that has been born again into a new kingdom from a same womb. It is that we have been born again of the womb of water and spirit. We have been born into the house of God. So the gifts of the spirit that he's about to enumerate are for men and that was pretty, pretty lame, ladies. The gift is for men and men and men and Hallelujah. I'm here to help our church understand that there is a voice that women have that only you can speak, and there is a voice that only men have and they can speak. But in the case of the nine gifts of the Spirit, there is a word. Somebody say voice. There's a voice of wisdom. That is a gift. There's a voice or word of knowledge. That is a gift. There's a gift of faith. There's a gift of healing. There's the gift of working of miracles. There's the gift of prophecy for men and women. And then there's the gift of tongues and an interpretation of tongues. Hallelujah. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the enemy has so beat down both men and women that they don't want to operate in the gifts because they think they're going to be out of order. It's not meant that you are to be out of order. Amen. It's meant to silence your voice and tell you, you got a word of wisdom. Shut up. Don't say anything. Here's how I know when somebody has a word of wisdom. When I pastored people in other places for far and wide. But, uh, but I've seen this. They didn't have a lick of sense in themselves. But they came and they spoke a word of wisdom. That's how I knew. That's the Holy Ghost. Now, now let me just get very plain. All of us are in that category. When it comes to the things of God, we don't have a lick of sense. We don't have any understanding. So we need a voice to speak a word of wisdom to us. We need a voice to speak a word of knowledge. And it's not always in the setting of a church. Most of the time it is outside of the setting of the church that somebody will speak a word of wisdom into your life. And if I'm causing my voice to be silent, amen, they're not getting that wisdom. I'm keeping somebody from where they need to be because I have muted the voice of God. God gives the voice. God gives the gifts. God gives the gifts. They're not natural abilities. They're spiritual abilities. Paul also said in that chapter 14 of order, when he's given us order for the gifts, he says in verse 26, 
1 Corinthians 14, 26. How is it then, brethren, everybody say of the same womb, both men and women, when you come together, every one of you has a song, hath a doctrine, a teaching, okay? Hath a tongue, hath a word, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Then he says, let all things, let every voice, let every voice, both men and women. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting something right now. Men and women, let all things be done unto edifying. Years ago, there was two women in a church that were against each other, and they got mad, and they got uh, offended each other. They had a great grudge against each other. And one gave a message in tongues, and the other interpreted it and said, Yea, verily thou thinkest thou art a humdinger, but thou art not a humdinger. That's super spiritual. That's why in the last days, he said, do things with hospitality. Do everything with love. Because if love doesn't cover your voice, you'll be out of order every time. If love is not, if, if love is not the basis and the general attitude of which we give the voice of love, what does the word say? Speak the truth in love. It, is, it's, it comes from a standpoint. The reason I want to speak is not to rebuke or correct somebody and tell somebody how they're very, verily you are a humdinger. You think you are, but you're not. It's not about that. It's understanding. I am a voice of the kingdom of God, and it is the kingdom that I'm supposed to be exalting and lifting up and advancing every gift. Every gift is for the edifying of the body of Christ and the advancing of the kingdom. Never about personal agenda. Never about personal show. Never, never from every gift, from those that are of the Ephesians 4 and 11 that are leadership gifts. All, every gift is not about anybody but Jesus Christ. Can you exalt him together right now? We need anointed and appointed voices in this hour, both men and women both from the same womb, both of the kingdom of God, both doing the right thing. There are several passages, and I'm just going to hit this to get our starting point for next week, the Lord willing. There are several passages in Scripture that teach us that a woman is to be silent in church. Have you read those? Anybody ever read those? Anybody ever had it used against you? I'm just watching to see if I have any head bobs so I know where I'm going. I'm going to break these down beginning today and next Sunday. By the help of the Lord, I want to define for you and answer the questions to the best of my ability. Can a woman be called to preach? Can a woman be called to pastor? Can a woman's voice be spoke publicly in the church? I want to answer those questions. I think it's something that needs to be addressed in 23. Because we have so many voices. So many, this one's saying that. And you can, don't go Google, can a woman keep silent or speak in the church? Don't, don't. I waded off into the deep end of millions and millions and millions of searches and I found out, I think I need to go back to the Bible. I think I need to study what the Bible has to say. All right? Here's what the Lord spoke to me, I believe, in my spirit on Thursday night prayer meeting. Is that there are voices sitting in here and in the back of ladies that has been intimidated. Intimidated to lift their voice. And there are many reasons for that. There are perhaps reasons that are honest because they want to make sure that they are under submission and opening up their voice in the proper way line of authority. We'll get to that. Also, there are those that don't want to lift their voice because they don't know if they can or not. And some have been under the idea and the, and the, and the thinking of, what does this silence mean in church? I hope to help us in that. I hope to study and help us in that. <clears throat> I want to just briefly read a couple of these and comment on them 
And we're going to come back next Sunday, the Lord willing, and, and wrap it up, or maybe not. But, but 1 Corinthians chapter 14, what, what is 1 Corinthians 14 about? Anybody remember? 1 Corinthians 11 is about authority. 1 Corinthians 12 is about the gifts. 1 Corinthians 13 is about love as being the sandwich, the cover, everything. And 1 Corinthians 14 is about what? Order. It's about order in the gifts. It is interesting that the only thing that, the, that Paul gives order to or gives restrictions or regulations to are the last three speaking gifts. Prophecy, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. He gives order to all of these. But in that, he also speaks this about women in church. 1 Corinthians 14, 34, he says, Let your women keep silence in the church, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Just let that marinate a minute. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husband at home. For it is a shame for a woman to speak in church. Now, we either have a conflict in Scripture or we need clarification of Scripture. Because he said, in the last days, your young men will prophesy and your young women will prophesy, right? Then we find there are other places. For instance, when I define brethren, this is not just for men. The gifts of the Spirit are not just for men. So what in the world is Paul talking about when he says a woman is to be silent? What is that really saying? Let it, let it marinate for a minute. A woman is supposed to learn from her husband at home? What in the world? I'm going to go home and ask him. He don't have a clue. <laughs> or my husband is not saved. How do I deal with that? Come on, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to close this out today with just stirring you up. I come to stir you up, okay? Y'all going to be with me? Praise God. Because I want to stir up our thinking. He said in verse 36, What came the word of God from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Not just talking about women, but he's talking about men. Wherefore, brethren, from the same womb, covet to prophesy. How do we draw an answer to the question, woman is to be quiet at church, and then he says, but I want every sibling of the kingdom to want to prophesy. How do we we rectify that? How do we justify that? How do we, how do, are you with me? It's an important question I think we need to answer. Let them covet to prophesy. And forbid not to speak with tongues. And then he says the key. Let all things be done decently and in order. There is an order of the kingdom that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. And functional authority, that is a way that God operates. It is, it is, it is a whole study when you begin to uncover Corinthians and what was going on in the day of the Corinthians. When you study what is happening there, they are living in a pagan world where women have launched feminist equal rights. You have women that are now the original women libbers in Corinth. And you go back to studying 1 Corinthians 11, that's why he starts dealing with the hair. Because the first thing a feminist would do of that day was whack her hair off. So she would more more resemble a man. Then there were women that were part of the the goddess, uh, uh, like Diana or or, 
there's several different pagan goddesses that we studied in the churches of Revelation, but it, it is about perverting the gender. So you had women that would cut their hair because they wanted to, they wanted to brag about the fact that they don't need a man. They did not need a man. They wouldn't go on their own and do their own thing. Okay? Then you had those that were of the temple prostitutes. The temple prostitutes would do the same thing. They would whack their hair off so that when they walked down the street, they knew you knew that's a street walker or a women's liver. Study it. I've done extensive research about this, and this is the culture of the day. And so when Paul starts saying, we need the gifts of the Spirit, but wait, we need them to be operating indecently and in order. There is an order for a man to speak. There is an order for a woman to speak. And it cannot be that I take one verse of Scripture or two or three and I form a theology over that one, two, or three verses of Scripture because there are others. But they've got to be looked in context. They have to be looked in culture. And they have to also be looked in situation. What is the situation that he's talking about here? What is going on? The answer, I believe, that answers the question of woman in silence is that you make sure that there is order, that things are done orderly. It's not just for women because he also said... If you're an ignorant, stupid man, watch your mouth too. Remember the issue of this chapter is order in the church when it relates to gifts. Too often we look at scripture as being one dimensional. As just being one dimensional. And then we look at it through the culture of present day. We look at it through the present-day culture and how present-day culture defines women and their roles and men and their roles. Can I tell you, that ought to be shoved somewhere in the trash pile because they don't have it right. But they had problems in their day. And this is what Paul is giving to say, this is how we're going to handle it. This is what we're going to do. This is the order. And everything is done decently and in order. You know what decently in order means? It's how it looks and how it is organized. How it looks and how it is arranged. God wants to make sure. He was talking about the prophetic gifts. And thank God uh, we we had tongues and interpretation uh, on Thursday night prayer meeting because we believe in that. But it's got to be done in order. It's got to be done in order. And when he's talking about women in the silence of the church, he's talking about order. Everybody say order. Order. Praise God. When you look at women in Scripture, and you look at the cultural context of women in the New Testament, not just the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, culturally of that day, women in both Judaism and the Greco-Roman world were considered second-class citizens. Women was said to be property. Property. They had few rights and privileges. And one of them is that they did not have the right to education. They did not have the open door to learn. So only the men went to school and women were sent to just do something different. That is the cultural mindset of the day. Okay? But when the kingdom of God comes along and is informed, the kingdom of God says, we want women to learn. You don't understand and I don't understand because we were not there, but when you study it, It was God and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on men and women, men and women being baptized in the name of Jesus, men and women receiving the gifts of the Spirit, men and women being used by God. Amen. That blew their mind. It just simply destroyed a lot of the preconceived ideas that women were property, uneducated, ignorant, and should not be a part of the process and around the really smart men. Boy, were they ever dumb. They were dumb, dumb, dumb. Amen. Because God had given to them a whole gender that was full of giftings. Amen. And it was the church that released the mouth of women. It was the church that released women to ministry. I wish you understood that culture said shut up and sit down and be quiet. 
But the kingdom had a different mindset. Thank God. Hallelujah. For the Lord says in his word that there is neither male nor female. God put men and women on equal playing field just like he did in the very beginning when he said, let them, let them have dominion. Let them. It is when a man is in the right order and a woman is in the right order that they have dominion. It is when a man is under right authority and a woman is under right authority that is when they can pray and touch heaven together. It is when they can speak the word of God together. Oh, praise be to God. Can a woman speak in church? I'm going to deal with the, there's other scriptures. Paul wrote in Timothy, to, to Pastor Timothy, the pastor of Ephesus, dealing with issues. We'll get to that. But a woman is supposed to be silent in a church. So I've got the juxtaposition of several verses that says, at least three places, be quiet. Women are be quiet in church. And then I have other places where it says they're going to prophesy. I have examples like Priscilla and Aquila where a husband and wife team talk together. I have examples in scriptures of, the, of women in the New Testament prophesying. Either we've got a conflict of scripture or we don't have it where it rightly divided. We need to understand. Both our men need to understand and our ladies need to understand. It's time to open your mouth as a kingdom voice, a kingdom voice, not a selfish voice, not a proud voice, not, not look at me and see how smart I am, but a kingdom voice that can say, in this gender-confused world, a man can have a voice and a woman can have a voice, and they need to understand their place and the proportion of prophecy that God has given to them. You have a voice. You have a voice. Stand with me, please. Pastor Gill, am I called to preach? Can a woman be called to preach? We'll answer that next week, the Lord willing. But you need to understand the value of your voice. The value of a woman's voice is essential in this hour. What was Paul telling young Timothy when he said, a woman is supposed to not speak and learn in silence. What is he saying? First of all, quit looking at it through American eyes. Quit looking at it through even apostolic eyes that was uninformed and would not take time to study. You got to take time to study. I believe the answer is in this book. And this is what I got to follow. I, I don't follow what the ALJC says about everything that I may not have, you know, or the UPCI or the AMF or any other alphabet suit. What does the word say? What does the word say for MPC? What does the word say for ministry? What does the word say for you? I want to release your voice in the right way. Men of God. The kingdom needs your voice, whatever that looks like. Ladies of God, the kingdom needs your voice. Heavenly Father, we love you today and thank you for your word. Lord, it is what you've placed in my heart to present to our church, to give us an understanding, Lord Jesus, that kingdom voices need to rise. Not out of authority, but under authority. Kingdom voices need to arise, Lord, that husbands would recognize their wife has a voice, that wives would recognize that their husband has a voice. And it is only when those voices are lifted together that they have dominion. Lord, I pray today that you would help us, help us to dig into your word, help us to study the word. Lord, because this generation needs kingdom voices that will speak. We need it, Lord, in pastors and pastor's wife. We need it, Lord Jesus, in church leaders and leaders' wives. We need it, Lord God, today for there to be a voice 
of man and woman that rises in this hour that says we will be a Priscilla and Aquila. We will declare the word of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, let's, let's, we want to see the voices released. Lord, we want to make sure that the voices are not stifled. Hallelujah. We need the voice today. Oh, praise God. Is there anybody that understands a need for voices today? A man and woman in the right way, in the right proportion. Then why don't you step out and come and begin to pray. Oh God, I have a voice. I want to be able to speak it appropriately. I want to be able to speak it, Lord Jesus, according to your word. According to your word. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, voices that can be used in the gift of prophecy. Voices that can be used in the gift of teaching. Voices that can be used in the gift of exhortation. The gift of the word of knowledge and word of wisdom. God in prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues. Oh, voices that will speak in the gift of faith. Voices that will speak healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.